The Alpha Sessions. Hello everyone and welcome to the Alpha Sessions. Today I'm very excited because we have Rachel Hill in the studio. Hello. Welcome. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing very well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Nice, thank you for coming in. Thank you very much. We've had a lovely time. We've been listening to you playing sweet songs all afternoon. Um, so where are you from? Where are you based? Um, well, I'm now based in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Um, fairly new to being back there and living there. Um, yeah, been all around in the last few years, really. Um, playing some musical hopscotch (laughs) so yeah I've I've just moved from Dorset I was based in Sherbourne which is kind Mm -hmm. of North Dorset Um, that's where my family live and then I've just moved in with my partner in Cambridge so yeah also spent a lot of time in London um, doing a master's last year in songwriting and production so trying to yeah spread quite far we'll definitely come back to that Um, how was it growing up in the music scene on the south coast what was the music scene like in Dorset well see there's another place to mention so I I technically grew up in Devon and then actually lived in Nottingham for most of my kind of school years so yeah I really have been all over the place um so I I first went to open mics uh in Nottingham and that's where kind of my more classical music education was as well because that's a lot of what was going on for me growing up I've come from a very classical music background um, and things like I I had the opportunity to go and study composition at the Mm. junior department of the Guildhall School of Music and Drama so yeah I I was really kind of set on doing well first of all I think I was the only 11 year old that said I wanted to be an opera singer (laughs) (laughs) when we went around the the classroom having to say what we want to be when we grow up Um, but then after a few rejections and things early on, I, I switched to composition and then I thought, OK, I want to be a film composer. And then that kind of died a death as well when I was at <laughs> university and I finally um, went back to, to writing and to songwriting. Um, and that was what did it for me and what stuck. So I've enjoyed doing that since. So music has always been in your life. It feels like yeah. family ties yeah. in the roots. Uh, what was your earliest musical memory, if you have one, if you can think way back, yeah. something that like kicked off music for you and you thought, this is what I want to do? Well, so I learned piano pretty much from my grandma. She was a, mm. the one. Um, so she actually lives with us now. Well, I keep thinking I live at home still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she lives with my parents now. She's got her own annex next door, and every time I go home, it's really nice that I get to see all of them. Um, and she would always accompany me on the piano because she used to be a primary school teacher mm. back in the day and she would lead all of the, the choirs at school and all the extracurriculars and stuff and so she could kind of recognise a voice that was, I don't know, I could match pitch, let's say, and mm. things like that. So she said that she could tell that I could be a singer from a, an early age, apparently, um, I think I just sang all the time as well. But yeah, I have really fond memories of singing through musicals, especially over her shoulder. She'd have the, the music up on the piano and then all four of us cousins would be around her. But I'd always be the first one to race to the piano when Grandma was about to sit down at it. So that's really when nice When did memory. you first start composing your own music? Was it always, was it later on when you started studying com- contemporary yeah. stuff? Or was it, did you used to compose your classical I, no, I did compose classical as well. Yeah, I think I was about 12 when I got into... Um, it was mostly kind of piano improvisation at that point um, and then songwriting as well at about 12, although I'd absolutely hate for anyone to hear the stuff that I wrote no, back then. That's the best time. I've still got the, the notebooks and stuff and it really is cringeworthy. 
<laughs> but that's the stuff that shapes you. When you look back, you yeah. think, oh, I see where I got that. Although sometimes I look back at old stuff I've written and I think, how did I know about these topics when I was exactly. like 12 years old? Yeah. And I do see myself in a different light. Um, <laughs> but do you, how, how do you feel classical music has impacted the music you're doing now? Do you feel like you still really channel it in the way that you write contemporary songs? Or is I've, it a very separate part of your brain? Um, I feel like it probably influences the way I write more than I actually realise. Just things like, um, just even, because a part of the Masters was we'd have to give feedback to other people and it was great to receive feedback myself as well from maybe the more commercial side and especially mm. productions, the bit that classical music didn't touch at all, mm -hmm. so I've had to learn all of that from scratch. But um, it was interesting that even the way that I kind of place words... Um, because lyrics are always really important to me, and even the way that the lyrics fall um, syllabically, or if if you're having a, it's called a melisma in classical mm -hmm. music, where you have quite a few notes to to one syllable. So even things like that, and making sure that the words are really placed in the right way, that's all come from my kind of classical composition. Um, I I had a period of really enjoying writing choral music, so mm -hmm. that's yeah, harmonies are still a huge part of my sound overall, and um, the album definitely has loads of huge kind of choral arrangements mm -hmm. almost so I feel like that definitely does feed in even though it's very it's it's easy to say oh that was a different part of my life yes yeah. in the past yeah so I want to talk about your debut release mm -hmm. way back I want to crawl way back into it 2020 oh gosh yes um <laughs> an EP through rain or snow is it that's it yeah, yeah. um how was that experience for you releasing self-releasing I'm assuming mm -hmm. completely independent um yeah how was that experience releasing your own commercial music um, it was it was really exciting. It was absolutely not what I expected. Just in terms of there are so many steps mm. that I think the main takeaway was because I thought I was releasing it alongside doing my finals pretty much at Cambridge, and I was had a lot on my plate, I guess. <laughs> um, but I just didn't realise that there were so many stages. And even though I was surrounded by musical people, none of the people that I was surrounded by had even gone near releasing themselves because mm. um, it is just a it, I think that's a quite a different process probably within classical music and so yeah I I just I firstly it was I think I think it was six tracks and then it became five tracks in the end um, but we did all six tracks in three weeks at a recording studio and it was one of these kind of collaborations with a, a student actually in Nottingham mm. um, at Confetti Studios and the, looking back to do a whole EP of six tracks in three weeks is a bit ridiculous, especially when I think I was ill for half of them. No, and the, the student was still working out how to use the sound desk, bless no. them, and everything like that. So, yeah, it was it was a completely new experience for both of us, and I think that probably shows slightly in the <laughs> in the music. But it was it was a great learning curve, and it taught me to definitely release a single after that because I think I had to do everything for the first time but six times and then yeah. five times by the end of it but yeah that was a lot of learning yeah well since then you've released several singles mm -hmm. like four or five between that now and your debut album yeah. which we'll return to you later because that's that's a whole topic um <laughs> but the singles you you sang one of them today red flag mm -hmm. first i want to know more about red flag it sounds kind of i don't know all of your songs sound quite personal and yeah quite deep do you always write from that point of view from your own experiences um, or is red flag specifically different? I well no I did I did used to always think that I could only write about stuff that had actually happened because 
yeah, I think when, when I was 12, I was kind of having to pick random experiences that hadn't <laughs> happened because nothing went on in my life then, probably. Um, and then there was something about coming back to songwriting as a kind of outlet rather than something that I just wanted to do. It was kind of an outlet during university instead. So there were a lot of songs like navigating my first breakup and everything mm. and um, then um, falling for my partner who's still my partner now nearly five years later so there, oh, wow. there were a lot of nice love songs coming out and everything as well and I think it's interesting because this album has been the transition period between needing to write about myself and realising that actually especially because I'm in such a happy relationship I can't go creating that much drama for myself mm. forever so I've had to kind of spin spin it on its head slightly so that I'm thinking about the people that will listen to it instead so yeah it's kind of Red Flag is written for people who have been left kind of without warning almost uh, for someone else and they're, they they know the person well enough to say there are loads of red flags there don't go there stay with me but yeah it's, they've kind of been left already so that's about waving your red flag I didn't want to write it down I cannot admit quite how it is I'm feeling But if I spell it out Then everything that's piling up might hit a ceiling soon I'm lying to myself Saying that I'm trying to rescue you When we both know deep down You are Something that you said late last night I'm holding on to now with all my might And hoping it's the first of many little vices Cause she smokes rolled up cigarettes Don't you remember when you said That you could never live with that Well here I
So why am I sat here on the sidelines Biting my nails Eyes wide open just to catch her fail So I can run back to you and rub her name in dirt Hoping there's something hiding up her sleeve Something shocking that'll make you Alpha sessions. Who are your biggest influences? Talking about the kind of your sound, but also we talked about your classical background. Do you take a lot of influence from that side of things in terms of other artists, or do you look more into um, contemporary music? I think, especially folk music, I've always my go-to playlists mm. and stuff are always kind of acoustic, acoustic chill. I think was was the title of one that I was listening to for years and years. Um, but yeah, songwriting-wise, because uh, I, I think I did come to it kind of lyrically to begin with um i know a lot of songwriters come from poetry beforehand mm-hmm. and that was quite a short phase i'm definitely not a poet but <laughs> but yeah it did shape my lyrical interest a bit so people like um passenger was a big mm-hmm. influence taylor swift uh, taylor swift um Maisie peters yeah people that just have i really admire their lyrics and then as of recently i've kind of come to appreciate more people who bring folk into a more commercial space um but just not even to make it more financially viable or marketable just in terms of using really interesting collaborations of genres and um i'm really into aurora at the moment Mm -hmm. and the way that she really resonated listening to a podcast that she was on recently when she said that she's really doesn't like drums because I completely relate (laughs) but I feel like they're such a staple for most people that I'm kind of scared to say that out loud usually you don't like drums as in on your tracks or just any track well no that would be unfair but no on my tracks especially at live gigs I think a lot of grassroots gigs they're just way too loud and I'm quite a sound sensitive person which sometimes makes me think I'm in the wrong career (laughs) but um, no I can understand you know in in the UK specifically, people who have come here from another country and they're at a gig and they, they always say to me, why is it so loud? Mm. And we were talking about Germany earlier. When I was in Germany, it was so comfortable. Like there was a full band playing and the room was quite big to be fair. But um, it, it was just easier to listen to. So I feel like yeah. in England, we just have things too loud. Yeah. I don't know why that is. <laughs> um, but there are drums on a few of your tracks. There are, there are. I think there are. Oh, we did have a, we did do some live drums, but I can't remember if they're on singles that haven't come out yet, or if they're on the album. I should probably know. There are some on. Well, there are drums on the album. But yeah, but no, there sure are. Like. But I think they're. Um, I think they're probably synthetic. But yeah, mm. my go-to is synthetic drums, and Aurora does loads of that. They're really mm. cool. Aurora, I I think I know who you're talking about because, and it, it's embarrassing to say, but she had one song that became big on an advert one time, a long time ago, and that's when she kind of blew up. But 
What other, for people who don't know Aurora, where do you start listening to her? So Runaway, I think, blew up on TikTok especially. Um, oh, it might have been re- related, but she, she's been going for a while, but I think it's, yeah, since about lockdown that she's really blown up. But she's a Norwegian artist, um, really inspired by folk music, but it's, it's kind of dark pop slash folk mm. music so it's I just really love the collaboration I feel like that's kind of the place that I'm next headed for the next potential album next we'll album wow <laughs> the, the album's just dropped and we're ready for the next album um I do want to talk about your debut album because it's less a huge project to release mm. even to like you're saying to release a six track EP is so much work when you're doing it all yourself as an independent mm-hmm. artist so how is it releasing a full album just now yeah, I well, I'm I'm very lucky to have had the whole year doing the masters. Um, so mm-hmm. the kind of final project that you have to submit for that is the album itself, or that's one of the options. So that's yeah, it was it was kind of the perfect thing for me to have a year where I could just dedicate myself mm-hmm. to songwriting and know that it wasn't because it's always felt like an unproductive thing because it's never been my full time mm-hmm. thing until now. So suddenly doing a course where it's fine if you if you stop that essay and you just write a song then that's okay um so that was a a really big mental change for me and it meant that I could produce this whole body of work um and that all felt a bit more connected as well because they were all written within the the space of that one year so I feel like even though there's not a necessarily one theme going all the way through they're just kind of cohesive in that way Mm. and then I yeah part of the masters was that I'd had loads of um advice given on how to release them and the fact that it's probably something I didn't know for the EP is probably not best practice at the moment to release full albums without any kind of build up so that's why mm. I've gone for I think they call it the waterfall effect where they release a few singles yeah. first and and tease them and everything like that but yeah I I'm glad I'm glad that it's all out now I feel like there's only so much hype you can give each song so <laughs> it's nice to just I just wanted it out there and to show mm. people what I'm about This is the thing, some people stress a lot about Mm. promotion and social media and Mm. things, they just suck up so much time that I think when you look at the face of it, you see someone post and you think, oh, they just posted it, Mm -hmm. but there's so much that's gone into that. So how do you feel about social media and promotion in general? It's actually really funny that you're asking me that today because (laughs) this morning I was on Muso Soup, Mm -hmm. um, which I hadn't touched since my first single from last year, Ice Cubes because um, I ended up having to correct quite a few of the blogs that were written about me because the grammar was so yeah, awful. Yeah. So that was a shame in the first place. But then I have gone back because I put out a bit of a cry for help the other day and people did suggest it, so I'm giving it a second chance. But this morning I went on all the offers that I've received over the weekend. Um, and bearing in mind, these are offers that people will give you, OK, how, if, you, if you pay something like £19, then you can feature on my mm. Instagram. Like, okay, well, let's go and check out your Instagram. So this is a real story. So £19 to be featured on somebody's Instagram. And what they do, it's not um, it's not an account made in this country. I couldn't even read the words. So firstly, that's a bit of a language barrier for me. <laughs> and then secondly, it's just videos of cats um, <laughs> that my music oh, would be playing in the background. But it was oh, worse no. than that because the, the one that I clicked on, it was actually a cat's litter tray being assembled... So I thought, I can pay you £19 to have my song playing over a litter tray. <laughs> and that could be the that could be the make Honestly. or break for my career, I'm sure. Honestly, <laughs> my next question was going to be, how do you feel about, like, Submit Hub's Muso Soups and all these, like, pay-for-review oh, things? Gosh. But I think I can gather how you feel. Oh, that was just... Oh, yeah. Oh, no. 
And I'm assuming you didn't go for it. I haven't, no, but I, it did make it onto my story because I was so impressed yeah, by that level of, um, yeah, of, of business. I mean, that in so. itself is promotion, I suppose. It is. Uh, well, it. it's it's always a shame when you put stories like that up. I know you get probably ten times the amount that your music does. Every time, right? Every time. <laughs> Honestly. Um, and about streaming as well, that kind of comes under the same umbrella. Um, because I know you've... Have you printed this on as a physical album? I have, CD? yes. Um, which is something that I guess everyone dreams to do. Well, some people don't even think about it because streaming is such a big thing now. Mm. But is it important to you to focus on paying for your music still or are you going down the smooth streaming route um well it's more because i love doing live performance i yeah. feel like i've especially um we were talking before coming on here about the the house concerts that i've organized so I've, i did one in the autumn that was three weeks long and one is coming up in germany uh, this coming autumn um and it's just i think people that that see me live want to have something physical to take mm. away it's it's rare that people will buy it over the website and stuff mm. i mean occasionally people have but i think it's more yeah in person at the gig they mm. want something to remember it by that's physical but yeah i think it's just, it's just nice to have that thing that you can actually hold in your hand and i got a bit obsessed and bought loads of tote bags as well so the oh, merchandise yeah. is very tote bag heavy <laughs> tote bags are good things i've got a collection of tote bags i will buy one of your tote bags <laughs> right right now to add to my collection um you've also gone through with instead of reviews playlisting um which i this is a whole su subject for me because paying to be on a playlist mm. seems so like just emotionless it seems so empty mm. and distant but equally that's just how the world has moved. That's just like the direction yeah. things have gone because streaming is such a, a thing now, such a major way to listen. So, mm. and I, I, I've written here that I browsed your Discovered On on your Spotify when I was looking at everything and all the playlists that you're added to say like sad songs or depressing times. Yeah. And I was like, what, what's, what is it with all these sad, sad playlists? Why, yeah. is that something you aimed for? Is that like one of your... USPs <laughs> or was it, did it just happen do people just take your songs and they're like yeah. sad I mean I know a few of them are sad and even when I write happy songs they tend to sound sad <laughs> that's that's the worst one it's because as soon as you write something like um, Blue Southwestern Skies mm. is, is a really exactly. wholesome song yeah. dedicated to my mum it's not it's yeah. not supposed to be sad but I think it's just something about piano kind of ballad people just didn't know what to do with it no. I think that was the takeaway so unless it's a breakup song or it's mm. kind of the next summer hit I, d I think people just don't quite know where to place it which is fair enough as well but <laughs> yeah it's been a learning curve I'm not sure I've cracked it yet but I will <laughs> update you I don't know if it's possible to crack <laughs> but I do think there's a weird thing at the moment people not listening to lyrics very much and they mm. hear the sound which is fair enough if you get the feeling from just like the sound of it or the atmosphere that's mm -hmm. fine but like you were saying your lyrics are important to you and that's one of the main events of the whole piece of music so I guess that's why they just hear, like you say, they hear the piano and they're like, that's sad music. But, um, so you mentioned Blue Southwestern Skies, which mm -hmm. is perfect because that's the second song you played for us. Mm -hmm. um, and you say it's an ode. I wrote down, is this an ode to somebody when I was listening to you earlier because it does feel that way. Yeah. So is yeah. It, you said it's for your mum? Yes. Yeah, it was written on Mother's Day 2022 Aww. and came out literally a year later uh, as the single. So yeah, it was... It was written on the piano that I learned to play on, mm -hmm. which has had several house moves, um, <laughs> yeah, from Nottingham, etc. And the one that I'm sure Grandma's accompanied me on quite a lot as well. And she even made a cameo appearance in the music video for oh. the, the part of the verse that says, um, 
uh, something about having a drink together or something or yeah tonight let's raise our glasses with a smile or something like that and grandma was very eager to, to make a cameo appearance for that <laughs> well i don't know where i'll be this time next year to be honest it's anybody's guess and i'm all ears but if somehow life takes me far away from there are things that you should know As long as the blue southwestern skies Are covered by a million wings in flight As long as the dawn still marks first light You should
the Alpha Sessions. So, I mean, your sound works amazingly for this acoustic session. Um, mm. I wasn't expecting your keyboard, though. I was expecting some acoustic guitar. Because yeah. we always, it's just easy to carry one. Yeah. But I loved having a keyboard in here for once. Um, and also, I saw, speaking of acoustic sessions, you worked with Max Bandicoot in mm. Goot Studios. Yes. And I worked with him recently. I did, like, one of his Extract TV sessions. Okay. Um, so do you do a lot of things like this? you like your acoustic sessions? Yeah, yeah. I, I would love to work with him again. Um, he even did... He came to Dorset just after lockdown, actually, to do some music video shooting as well um, in, a, in a lovely thatched barn. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Partly that acoustic is kind of all that my music at the moment caters for, just because I, I don't have a band. Um, I would love to get one eventually, but I've already told you about my drum phobia. <laughs> um, I, I do have a cajon, mm. and I think I can maybe stretch to that. And yeah, I do. I normally have my loop pedal, and I wasn't quite sure what the setup would, would work like in here, so I, that's why I chose the keyboard today. But I use that quite often to recreate some of the harmonies, but obviously you can't do it all and you have to layer it yeah. up layer by layer, so that would be going yeah. for quite a while to get through 20 vocal layers. Oh, true. I'm glad you mentioned that, though, because I find loop pedals fascinating mm. and I really want to try one, but they take so much practice. Well, I've heard they take a lot of practice when you want to make everything really tight. Yeah. Um, when did you get into that? How long have you been using that? Um, I started using it live... Uh, a year and a half ago, yeah, in January. I think the first time I used it actually was at the Ice Cubes launch of the single. Mm. That was March 2022. So, yeah, it's, I guess it's been just over a year, actually. But it's it's mm. kind of my sidekick. I use it when I'm busking. I use it for, mm. yeah, all sorts of gigs. And it's kind of the feature piece, I think. It's just nice making... It's just a bit of a, a different selling point because I think even the sound engineers when I go to a gig they'll expect me to loop the guitar and they haven't really heard of mm. a lot of vocal looping before but that's that's the only way that I do it at the moment mm. I might branch out eventually mm, experiment <laughs> um tell me more about your busking life how long have you been busking in London or all over um yeah everywhere I I try and go to be honest I mean in the tour that I did in the autumn that was kind of half of the tour I was doing these house concerts in the evenings and then every time I went to a new city I'd go and busk and just try and get myself out there a bit. I think there's a lot of misconceptions around busking because I'm even a friend the other day um he hadn't heard my music yet and he said oh the fact that you said you were you were busking the other day I assumed that you weren't very good and then I went and listened to your music over the weekend and you're great and stuff and it was just funny to see I think people there are a lot of stereotypes around busking and that's probably, it's it's a shame that it means, you know, as soon as you're kind of, I, f I almost feel like when I'm walking down the street and somebody can tell I'm going to go and set up busking, there are a few rolled eyes mm. or people are a bit worried that they've come to have this nice peaceful day or something. But actually, especially where I busk now in Cambridge is quite a, a regular um, people will come and actually get a coffee at the, the cafes around so they can just come and listen to some free music. So mm. that's really nice. I think it can be a nice thing. It's just... Yeah, it's it's a tricky one to kind of police, I guess, and it but it, it shouldn't be policed either because mm. it's it's how so many people get performing experience up, and that's really helped with that as well. True, yeah, true. I mean, you've got performing experience all around, to be honest. Um, and I wanted to ask you about your album launch shows mm. because you've just done those because um, yeah. your album came out like two to two days ago, three days ago now. Yeah, Friday. Um, yeah. And then straight away you had two um, gigs: one I in did. Cambridge, one in London. Yeah. Um, how did they go? How was that? Really well, yeah. I was I was really nervous and not alive for Friday. I think especially 
I just had so much frustration last year with putting on what I think was just too many original shows mm. because it got to the point where I was having to look through my WhatsApp list of people <laughs> to to text again saying, can you please just come and make up the audience again for this next mm. gig? And it just took the, the life out of it, really. Um, so I purposefully stripped it back this year. And I've done loads of performing um, just professionally and for different parties and all the rest of it, but I don't often get to do my original stuff especially my slower stuff because mm. it just doesn't usually fit the mood so it was actually quite daunting to have realized that I just hadn't performed any of the slower original music since January mm. and keyboard in general I just don't perform on since the tour actually so I was a bit worried about how that was going to go but it actually went really well and there was a good turnout and everything so yeah it was at the Harrison on Friday mm. uh, near King's Cross and that was the the kind of main one in my mind and then I just put that was uh, hosted by Folk and Roots, mm. which are uh, a promoter. Um, and there was a sound engineer and everything, and it was really smooth running. And then Cambridge, it was kind of the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> with, oh, no. It was a very, it, it was a lovely night, and it was a very intimate space in a, a basement, which was thankfully quite cool. It was a very hot day. Mm. Um, but it was literally my boyfriend doing tickets on the door, and yeah, we had our own merch table in the corner. and. I had to do. I had to even bring the fairy lights from home because it was just <laughs> had to do everything ourselves. So, yeah, it was it was really nice to have both kind mm. of types of gig, I suppose. Do you have a favourite venue you've ever played? Could be anywhere in the world. Um, I mean, the, the Harrison was really up there for me. I've also played at the Camden Chapel uh, oh, in London. Yeah, that's that's really nice. Just anything that has a really intimate vibe. Um, but I do actually love performing in churches as well. Mm. They've always got such nice acoustics that I feel like it's not even just the sound that comes out, it's just the fact that you can feel more empowered by the sound that you're getting mm -hmm. back as you sing. I think that's maybe from my days as a choral scholar yeah, as well. It's yeah. just kind of where I feel at home. But yeah. Yeah, I, I do love a church. Can you just hire a church? How do, Can you just hire a church? Can you I go in so. and say, can I come and sing in here? I mean, I think you could put on, a, put on a gig. Put on a church yeah. gig. That'd be lovely. Get all your favourite support acts. Yeah. Get them in there. Um, so the final song you performed for us, We're All Gone, mm -hmm. was from your debut album. Mm -hmm. Tell me all about that one. When was that written? How was it written? What's it about? So that was written... My partner's probably going to kill me for <laughs> divulging. <laughs> um, but no, I think we we were in a long-distance relationship um, whilst I was doing the Masters because he was having to finish his time at uni. Um, and it was just a whole new chapter for me. We went from being, well, pretty much living together during lockdown um, to not living together at all and me suddenly being exposed to a whole new world in London and mm. just completely... I felt like our even our friendship groups were completely different for the first time and things like that, and it just it did take a bit of a toll. And that song was written at the lowest point of our relationship and I, I frequently do this where I feel as if I need to up my game <laughs> as a partner I will write a song as if everything has gone absolutely wrong and then that will every time I play it that will kind of remind me <laughs> that it could have <laughs> gone badly if I hadn't have changed things so yeah that was that was definitely a personal song and it's quite funny actually because sometimes I'll sometimes I'll perform it and we'll have 
I'll be I'll have said in the last 10 minutes before the show like I love you thank you so much for coming along you know and he's probably on the merch table or on the doors <laughs> or doing something and sometimes I would have been an absolutely stressy mess beforehand and I would have been quite sharp in what I've been telling him to do or you know shouting out all these instructions and I play that song and I think oops <laughs> yeah. I need to be a bit careful but no so yeah that was a very personal song um mm. and yeah it was just it felt completely true at the time as well it was literally me kind of sat there crying at the piano thinking that everything was going to be over and it was all my fault sort of thing um but thankfully now it's it's not it's not triggering that one because it's a very happy ending but I always have to kind of preface that song with that (laughs) so I'm in a very happy relationship (laughs) (laughs) did you choose to play that one today for a reason If, if you could pick any off the album yeah. Well, We're All Gone is is really the lead track. I mean, I've, I found it really hard to pick which one, and especially because four of them were released at the same time. It, it wasn't as if I'd kind of saved that one to last, but I just feel like the the vocal fireworks at the end mm-hmm. is, is kind of mm-hmm. my showstopper, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was just it's just one that feels very cathartic to play, so I enjoy playing that one a lot. And what have you got coming up in the pipeline? I know you've just dropped a whole album, but you sound like you've just got things rolling in all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's festival season. Have you got any big gigs yeah. coming up, festival slots we can keep an eye on? Oh, well, that that depends on... There's a Facebook poll going on. I'm not sure that this will be out um, in time for people to act upon that, but mm-hmm. that's for the Perbic Rising uh, competition, Perbic Folk Festival. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, if that doesn't come to fruition, then I'm playing at Westbury Festival as well, nice. um, and a few. Yeah, I'm associated with Talent Bank, and they've got a few mm-hmm. kind of summer gigs going on. But other than that, I'm kind of gearing towards Germany and that that tour now. So that will happen from the 22nd to the uh, sorry, didn't even say the month. 22nd of September to the 16th of October, and that's going to be a three week long house concert tour. Um, but there will be some other venues thrown in there, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, and then as soon as I get back from that, I've got about three weeks to prepare for my headline show at the Green Note. So oh, that's wow. my first time Hopefully. performing there. And that should be really good. That's, again, in association with Talent Bank. So really looking forward to that. Got a lot going on. If yeah. anyone wants to um, look any of that up, come and see you live, listen to music, how do they find you on social media? Where are you mm-hmm. most active? Probably Instagram. It might be TikTok eventually if I get my act together. But for now, <laughs> Instagram. Um, and it's a bit of a long handle. It's Rachel Hill Music Official because there are lots of Rachel Hills that also like music apparently. <laughs> um, but it should also be on my website, which is just www.rachelhillmusic.com. And Rachel is with just E L as well. Uh, but yeah, and uh, Facebook. I do try and remember everyone on Facebook as well. <laughs> That's just Rachel Hill Music. But yeah, just find me anywhere. Lovely. Well, it's a brilliant album. We've loved having you on. And thank you for chatting with me. Thank you. Well, I didn't see it coming, but I guess that that's the way. After all the storms break out on the sunniest of days, and the thunder starts to cloud, and a couple raindrops tap you on the shoulder, they say you better run for shelter. I never thought we would break like this But then again, you're not somebody I planned to miss And I, I, I deserve at least goodbye 
So why am I sat here with the lamplight on? Writing you a stupid little love song Using the words I'll never say you were mine Until today, now you're all gone You're all gone And I miss the way you'd hold me Especially when I cried Now I've gone no and nobody to fight this tidal wave So let it wash me away Ooh. Oh, I never thought we would break like this But then again, you're not somebody I planned to miss And I Deserve at least goodbye. So why am I sat here with the lamplight on, writing you a stupid little love song, using words I never say you were mine until today. Somehow come to meet every expectation in your head. No, I'm not perfect. I know that you deserve to cut these ties and fly off free, but so you know, I take you back in a heart.